Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. He understands our weaknesses. Talking about how he was in all points tempted, even as we are, yet without sin. And then we're told in Hebrews that we can we can go to God in our time of difficulty and trouble, that we can we can run to him in our time of need, um, that that there's grace for us and there's mercy for us, that there's grace to help in our time of need. And the idea there would be in, 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 when I need it the most, when I'm really messed up and I'm really going through it, God said, look, I'm, you can run to me, you can come to me. When the rain is pelting down on you, all you want to do is find a place of shelter where you can get away from being wet. You long for a warm, dry place that feels cozy and safe out of the rain. Did you realize that on a spiritual level, Jesus is the one you can run to and be safe? He can protect you from the things raining down on you, the troubles of the world. He provides shelter from the forces of evil trying to push you around. In today's teaching, Pastor Bill relays how Jesus is your place of safety. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 35, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. What God does is even greater because even those of us that are guilty can come under the covering of our high priest and be completely free and completely forgiven. Not just the innocent, but even the guilty. And I would point this out that obviously we're New Testament, New Covenant believers. So as you look at the Old Covenant, uh, I just want you to see, I think it's important for us to note that um, there was there was not a there was not a lot of mercy for certain things. You know, if you kill someone, death for death, done. You're gonna pay for that. Um, I just New Testament it's just a lot different. Um, there's a, there's there's some mercy, there's some grace, there's some things that God extends to us that were not extended. I I, I think we have to look at the difference and appreciate what Christ has made available to us, the forgiveness that's, that's ours in Christ, and how that even in Christ there is refuge and covering even for the guilty. Here there's refuge and covering once you're proven innocent. But how many of us are going to be proven innocent? How many, us, how many of us will recognize that we're guilty on many, many, many counts? Well, God can provide refuge and safety and covering for the guilty. And that's just a way better deal. And that's what he makes available to all those that have put their trust and put their faith in him. So uh, again, verses 22 to 28 deal with the accidental killing they could flee to the city of refuge. They had to stay until the high priest died. And if they left early, um, they could be killed. They should have stayed in the place of safety. They should have stayed under the covering. And that should be a reminder to us, right? There's a covering God provides for his kids. What's the covering God provides for us is as we, as we walk in obedience, as we come under God's covering, we obey his commands, we obey the rules that he lays out. There's a covering over his kids. Everybody has the freedom and the option. You can walk out from under that covering and, and go be exposed to the elements and all those things. But we could also walk under his covering. We can walk with him and be obedient to what he shares with us. And so we should be reminded, too, uh, because we do have free will. I have a choice every single day. I understand in general, this is the general will plan scope of how God would have me to live and walk. But I could choose to veer over here out from under that and expose myself to, to whatever's out there. Uh, we should be mindful of that. We want to. I want to stay under His covering. I want to stay where where God would have me to be. So, look at verse twenty nine to thirty four. Um, you know, God. Something else God didn't want done. He didn't want people. You know, being able to pay their way out. That's one of the issues today. Somebody can murder somebody in cold blood. Get 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 caught on camera doing it. 
And if you got enough money in the bank, um, some of these celebrities and stars and whatnot, you, you might can get away with it. Um, if you pay enough people off and everything else, um, if you're part of the right organization, you might be able to get off. And so what God does here is that I don't want there to be any of that kind of corruption. Verses 29 to 34 says, and these things shall be a statute of judgment for you throughout your generations and all your dwellings. Whoever kills a person, the murderer, whoever kills a person, the murderer shall be put to death on the testimony of witnesses. But one witness is not significant testimony against a person for the death penalty. Moreover, you shall take no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall surely be put to death. And so one one person coming is not enough. You got to have multiple witnesses. People have to have seen it and testify and cooperate that what you did or what they're saying you did would happen. And also he says there can't be no ransom. Somebody can't kill somebody and pay you pay enough money to get out of it. He said, no, if you, if you did it, there'll be no ransom taken. You're going you're gonna to pay with death. Verse 32, and you shall take no ransom for him who has fled to the city of refuge, that he may return and dwell in the land before the death of the priest. So also the person that's innocent in the city of refuge, maybe they got money. They can't pay off people to be able to leave the city of refuge early and get out. And so God just didn't want there to be among his people bribery, um, all the, all the corruption that comes with money when that gets involved. God said there'll be none of that. There'll be no ransom paid for these things. Verse 33. So you shall not pollute the land where you are. The blood defiles the land and no atonement can be made for the land, for the blood that is shed on it, except by the blood of him who shed it. And so God says here that the blood, of the, it's, really, it's the blood of murder that it pollutes or defiles a land. And I read this, and this is God establishing something among his kids, the children of Israel. Guys, this pollutes the land, defiles the land. It's not what I want. I look at our world, and I think, wow, we're, we're polluted and defiled. How bad is bad for us? It's, I mean, I look at this, and I think, man, God was trying to prevent these things. And I look at how bad it is in our culture and the time in which we live. Um, God said that, that murder and that sort of killing defiled and polluted the land. Um, once again... As we look at how defiled, polluted our culture is, uh, and I, I, I hope we get this so bad. I, it bothers me. It, it, it bothers me deeply when I listen to Christians talk as though we could, we could make a difference in the world and all the corruption, all the stuff in the world. We could make a, a, we could make a difference in this world somehow politically. Somehow, if we got the right president, if we got the right people in government, the right people in office, the right people in the Supreme Court, somehow if we got the right people in places, everything would be all right. Because um, to me, that puts a whole lot of trust in carnal, flawed human beings, which is why we're in the mess we're in anyway. Um, I believe that from a Christian standpoint, we'll do the best we can to vote our faith and trust the Lord with the outcome but what's going to make a difference in the world in which we live is that the people of God trust God, believe God, and that we share him with those that don't know him. That's, that's how we impact. The, the, the way Christians are to impact culture is to share Christ in the culture. What's wrong with our culture is that people don't know Christ and they're lawless. They belong. There's more people that belong to the devil than people that belong to the Lord. So the way we can really have an impact on a culture, a society, a community, a group of people is to bring the gospel bring the good news of the gospel, bring to them who Christ is, what he's done. The more people who have a life 
a, a transforming, a life transforming encounter with the living God, those will be changed individuals that will continue to change individuals. We have to believe that more than we believe anything else. We have to believe in that more than we believe in, in, in politics or any of those things. Uh, that that's where God would have us to put our energies, our efforts, our passions, all that reaching people with the gospel. That's, that's what we can do. And so um, we can sit around and talk about how terrible the world is. The world's terrible. It's going to hell in a handbasket. People are killing and murdering and cops. And blah, blah. That don't help nothing. What we need to be, we need to be praying. We need to be sharing our faith with people on a regular basis and, and impacting. That's how we impact the culture and the world in a way that glorifies and honors God. Verse 34, it says, therefore do not defile the land which you inhabit in the midst of which I dwell, for I the Lord dwell among the children of Israel. And so God reminds them, what, don't defile this land, but why, why not? He said, because I dwell in your midst. I'm there. I dwell right in the midst of you guys. Don't, don't, don't do these things in my presence. Now, we don't live in a society like this. We're not the children of Israel. We're not encamped in Israel where God's dwelling among us in the tabernacle and all those things. Where does God dwell now, New Testament, in you, in me? And so God was telling them, hey, don't do these things because, look, I live, I live among you guys. Now, I think it would, it would be even more God saying, look, I, I live in you guys. I live in you. So don't do certain things because I live in you. How many of us live with that awareness that and God is at lot? God, God lives inside me. It should impact what I do and don't do, what I will and won't do. The fact that he's on board, living inside me. And so um, I think sometimes we can, we can kind of lose a, a, a God consciousness and awareness of his presence. But everybody that's born again, the spirit of God, God says, I live inside you. Um, if you could see me, if you could, you know, if we could see God visibly and physically, there'd be things we probably wouldn't do. I don't think anybody that will see Jesus would be, you know, cussing somebody out. I don't think if, 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 if you, you could be mad as you want to be, if somebody cut you, whatever makes you mad, I don't think you would have the, I think if you just saw Christ standing there, you'd be like, I'm just going to take it. You know, we, some of us, if, if you could see Jesus, probably help you out a whole lot because uh, you would show off. You'd be, you'd be super holy, super humble, super submissive, super passive if you could see him. But we got to know that he's there by faith. We don't get to see him. Um, we got to walk by faith and not by, he's there just the same. And I know for most of us, it'll probably help out a lot if I saw him, but I don't get to see him. I got to know that by faith, he lives here. And that's got to impact what I do, how I think, what I say, what I don't say. The fact that 24-7, he's right there. So here's a few things in conclusion of everything that we looked at in this chapter. Um, again, we don't have these same things today. We don't have a city of refuge. We don't have, you know, we're not living in a theocracy where, you know, we're, we're not like the children of Israel that are ruled and governed by God. We, we've moved way beyond that. Um, but there's some principles that we can take because even though the, the time in which we live is different, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know he hates murder. I know there's mercy for accidents. I know that like they could run to him um, for refuge. God would have us to run to him for refuge. And the plus and the addition that we get as New Testament saints is that you can even come to God for refuge when you're wrong. You can even run to him for safety and refuge when you've messed up. That was not necessarily available to them back then. They were going to get what they had coming. So uh, here's a few things. It's if... Um, in the same way, some of these people, have, have, as they have, have, you know, accidentally killed someone, but people weren't clear about what happened, they had to run to the city of refuge. 
Christ is our refuge and maybe there are people here that you're misunderstood. You know, what happened? What do, what do we do as Christians when we're misunderstood, wrongfully accused? You know you haven't done something. This is what we want to do. We want to defend ourselves. I want to tell, tell my side of the story. Let me tell you what really happened. And what God would say, just run to me. I'm your refuge. I learned this lesson when I was on staff at the church I used to be at. Uh, there was somebody who was having, somebody, we, me and some, me and another a guy were having some issues and disagreements. And this person went to my pastor ahead of me and said some things that weren't true about me. Um, and I became aware that he had gone to have this meeting. I was like, my natural response was, well, I need to go have, my, I need to go have a meeting and tell him the, tell him the truth. And I kept waiting for an opportunity. I couldn't find, I couldn't get a chance to talk to him and days are going by. And anybody that's been in that predicament, it's driving me crazy. I'm like, I, I need to have this meeting. I'll call the pack. You got like five minutes. I just need to come by and talk to you for this minute. I finally get in there to go and say my side. And I'll never, I'll never forget this meeting. I, got, I finally get to Pastor Jeff. I'm going to tell you what happened. Name my side of the story. He said, you think I don't know already? I already know. Don't, don't. And he, he stopped me. He never let me say what I wanted to say. He's already know the truth. Don't ever worry about defending yourself. God is your defense. Go on and do what you're supposed to be doing. Didn't let me say, and I remember I walked out of there and it was like, that, that was a lesson. Don't defend yourself. If you defend yourself, then God won't do it. But if you be quiet, let the Lord be your defense. He's the best defense anyway. And so, like the person that may have wrongfully, accidentally killed someone, God said, Come, run, run to my refuge. I, I'll, I'll take, we'll take care of it. We'll get you covered. And maybe you're, you know, falsely accused of something, someone's made something up, let the Lord be your defense. Let him, let him, let him be the one to clean it up and clear it up. Um, don't, be, don't be defensive. Don't be, don't, be your, don't be your own advocate and attorney when God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm your advocate. I, I, I live to make intercession for you if you would just shut up, you know. Uh, let the Lord be your intercession. Let him be the one to speak on your behalf when you're innocent. So if you've been misunderstood, you need to go, you need to, go to the Lord. Um, if you've isolated yourself and been separated, you need to come back. Um, that group that settled on the wrong side, they, they, they just have problems coming because of that. And so you find today that you're kind of isolated and se separated from God's people and what God's doing, I invite you, encourage you to get back to a place where you're, you're where God would have you to be, not isolated, not, set, not separated from him and from his people. Um, if you're struggling with or dealing with hatred, which is the root of murder in your own heart, um, and basically I'm asking if you can sit here and say there's someone I hate, you want to take that to the Lord, and you don't want to hate anybody. You don't want to let there be room in your heart for hatred for anybody. God wouldn't have you to live like that. God wouldn't, he would never okay it. It would never be, there'll never be a justifiable cause for a Christian to hate. I can hate actions. I can hate the devil. I can hate things. I can hate results. But I can't hate people that are made in this image. That's the root, that's the root cause of, of murder uh, is hatred. And so God who judges the heart, right? Old Testament, you're in trouble for murder. New Testament, God said, look, look, you, you, You've hated someone in your heart. You've already murdered them. What? I never killed anybody. So most people say, I, I, I should go to have never killed anybody. Have you ever hated somebody? Murdered them in your heart. From, from my perspective, what I see, and I want you to, that's a, the, the cold thing with the Lord. God would say, look, if you hate someone in your heart, I see murder. It, the only thing that's stopping you is maybe the fear of what it may, the trouble you might get into. But in your heart, you wish they were dead. Same thing with lust. You know, if you've got lust in your heart, the only thing stopping you is opportunity. 
You got lust in your heart. From, from God's perspective, you've already committed adultery. You're already guilty of the next step. You just haven't done it because maybe the opportunity isn't there. Maybe it would get you in a lot of trouble. But in your heart, you've already crossed the line. That's what hatred is. God said, you, you haven't murdered anybody. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you'd never have the guts to do it. Maybe you'd always fear the penalty for doing it. But in your heart, you're doing it. And God's that's messing you up with me. Because I see that hatred. And that's not, that's not for me. What do you do with that? Repent of it. Ask God to forgive you for it. And ask him to help you to lay it down. Um, this is what you don't do with it. If I hate somebody, I don't say, God, I hate them. Would you make them better so I can stop hating them? That's, that's not what you do. Uh, maybe we hate someone from the past. You know, God, just, just, you just kill them. I can stop hating. No, you won't. Yeah, God, help me. Help me to have a heart like your heart. Because you hung there on the cross and people gamble for your clothes, pray, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Give me that kind of heart for the people that wronged me and do me wrong. So I could, I could love them and not hate them. And so um, last little bit here, and um, I, I just thought this was great. If, you, if you're writing down notes, uh, just write down these two verses. Uh, speak of God as our refuge. Write down Psalm 46, verse 1, and write down Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. And um, Psalm 46, 1 says, God is a ref- as our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble, um, just, just someone we could, we could always just run to the Lord and, and, and go to him with our issues, with our problems, with our, with our weaknesses, that he's a, a, a ever-present help in our times of trouble. He's our refuge, a hiding place we can run to. Um, I, I love this in Hebrews. Now I'm going to read verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 18, and one last part. Um, chapter 6, verse 18, it says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. And the imagery there is just as we're running into Christ like a refuge. It's like a, I don't know if you ever seen where, you know, the, it all of a sudden started raining and everybody ran towards somewhere where the rain couldn't touch. That we just run into the Lord for, for refuge. And one of the, my favorite uh, just aspects or, or things about the Lord, it, it talks about it in Hebrews, how that, he, he understands our weaknesses. Talk about how he was in all points tempted, even as we are, yet without sin. And then we're told in Hebrews that we can, we can go to God in our time of difficulty and trouble, that we can, we can run to him in our time of need, um, that, that there's grace for us and there's mercy for us, that there's grace to help in our time of need. And the idea there would be in, 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 when I need it the most, when I'm really messed up and I'm really going through it, God says, look, I'm, you can run to me, you can come to me um, to find mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. And a lot of times people in their time of need, they run from the Lord. They try to get away from God, but God would say, man, come to me. Come to me in that moment. Come to me in that time. Come to me in your, in your times of need, in your times of difficulty that, that he's available. He can help us. He'll be there for us in those times. And so um, here's a few things. And now these are from David Guzik, but I, I just thought they were great. So I, I want to close with these. Um, he, he just lists uh, several, several parallels to Jesus uh, as, as a refuge to the believer. Uh, both Jesus and the city of refuge, cities of refuge are within easy reach of a needy person. They were of no use unless someone could get to that place of refuge. The city of refuge, there had to be clear roads. They had to be close by. There had to be multiple ones where everybody could get to them easily. Uh, they were easily accessible to the person that might come up in need. Um, and, and we're reminded that Jesus is also 
easy to get to. Um, anybody in need, we can run to him, we can cling to him. He has made it very easy for those that desire to come under his refuge to find it. Both Jesus and the cities of refuge are open to all. Not just an Israelite, um, anybody in need, even a foreigner could run into the city of refuge. If you needed to get there, you could go, didn't matter who you were. Both Jesus and the cities of refuge became a place where the one in need would live. Uh, you didn't come to a city of refuge in time of need just to look around. It became a place where you would go and you were going to stay. Um, as we run into Christ, uh, we need to settle down and be there. Some people come into Christ for refuge in a time of panic and then they go back out until another thing goes, they'll come back. God would say, man, just come in and stay. Stay, oh, don't go nowhere. You, you, you're going to continue to need me in your life. And so um, some people treat the Lord like 911. He's not 911. He's every day. Uh, a necessity in our lives. Both Jesus and the cities of refuge are not only an alternative for the one in need, without this specific protection, they would be destroyed. So if they didn't get to the city of refuge, even the innocent, they would be destroyed. Um, for those of us that don't come under Christ's covering, that was, that's the result for us, we'll be destroyed. For those out there in the world that are struggling and suffering and going through it, if they don't come under his covering, they're gonna be destroyed. And so coming to him as a refuge keeps us from being destroyed. Both Jesus, just three more, both Jesus and the cities of refuge provide protection only within their boundaries. To go outside meant death. And it's the same thing with the Lord. We, we come under him, but there's boundaries. Uh, we don't get to remake the rules. God said, you come, come, on, come to me for protection and covering, come to me, but there will be boundaries. Um, and and God, God is, their boundaries are just the same as we come to the Lord. With both Jesus and the cities of refuge, full freedom would come with the death of the high priest. And I thought that was so interesting that the, the guy wasn't fully free to go till the death of the high priest. And Jesus, Hebrews tells us, is our high priest. And it's through his death that we go fully free. It's because our high priest died in our place that we are free, we're clear, we're clean. Even for us that are guilty, not, that's not for the innocent, that's for, the, that's for all of us are guilty because for us, nobody's really innocent. We're all guilty. And here's the last thing, and it's a distinction. Um, it's a crucial distinction between everything that we just looked at. The cities of refuge only help the innocent, but the guilty can come to Jesus and find refuge. And we mentioned that several times, but knowing that everybody here, including myself, would be qualified as guilty, it should be for us a blessing to know that we're welcome. We can come to him. It's not just for, he's not there. He even says in the New Testament, he, he really did, he's not here for those that are well. He's here for those that are sick and know they need the need of a physician. So maybe, maybe you need to come. Maybe you need to come for forgiveness. Maybe you need to come for strength. Maybe you need to come for help. Maybe you need comfort. Maybe you need God to, you need wisdom from the Lord. What is it that you need? Um, I invite you. I'm invited. I invite you that we would come to him. We come to Jesus for refuge. We come to him for covering for whatever it is that we need. He is everything that we need is wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. And let's don't be shy about coming to him to have our needs met. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. Thank you that you are an ever-present help in our times of trouble. Thank you that you are our refuge, Lord, in our hiding place. And that we can come to you and be safe. Thank you, God, that you have room not for just the innocent, Lord, but um, especially that you make provision for the guilty. And God, we thank you. Thank you that we can come and be cleansed, be forgiven, be made new. And our Lord, have opportunity to walk in, in newness because of you. Thank you that you died in our place, that we could be forgiven, we could be set free. Pray, God, you would continue to minister to our hearts, Lord. I, I trust that you know everyone here. And 
Uh, You know, those that maybe there's a need for some, Lord. Maybe there are people struggling with hatred. I pray you would break that down. Uh, Father, I pray there may be people here that that have been misunderstood, been wrongfully accused. God, I pray you would help them to rest in you, Lord. Let, Let you be their defense. Lord, you know each of us and whatever our needs are, I pray that we would just come and let you be all that we need you to be. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Numbers. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Numbers recounts the various struggles the people of Israel faced with those outside of their camp, but also within. Surely, there are difficulties you might be facing inside your family, your church, your work setting, and the nation as a whole. But God is still here, and He's proven time and time again that He's not leaving you or abandoning you. So when you're tempted to get down and out, chin up and remember that He is faithful. The messages you've been listening to are in Ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel, Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday. And you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today, but Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Numbers next time on A Transforming Word.